I used to think of leaders as like way up on top of the ladder and then all the peasant folks were down at the bottom of it and they were like the shining light of examples of what things were supposed to look like. We at the bottom of the ladder would strive to climb up and become great like them. And now I see everyone, like there is no ladder. I've always felt immensely. I was born with several palsies. I have always felt small. I may be blind, but I teach people how to see. And I'm proud to be an individual. This podcast is for you, the unconventional leader. Maybe you are the one that everyone discounted. Maybe you struggle with fear and self-doubt. We are here to empower the next generation of self-starters to step up. Use their voice and make an impact in this world. Hey, my friends, welcome to today's episode of Fidget Friday. If this is your first time listening, my name is Heather Parody. I am your host. This show is for unconventional leaders, those who are stepping up, using their voice, making an impact in this world in their own unique way. Now, today we're doing a little bit of a different Fidget Friday. I wanted to do a Q&A episode where I just answer some questions from our Facebook group. Normally on Fridays, I share with you just a little blurb about what's going on in my life for about 10 minutes and rant about stuff. Uh, but today, I just wanted to just kind of dig in deep with our community. Side note, if you are not a part of the Unconventional Leaders Facebook group, you need to head over there pronto, y'all. We're doing coffee chats, which are live Zoom calls, and we just have some really awesome humans over there, some people that are going to be your friends for a really long time. So head over to Facebook, type in unconventional leaders, find us over there. But I'm going to go ahead and get into these questions from our community. I'm going to do the first one, Brendan, who asked what my three truths were. Now, this comes from uh, Lewis Howell's podcast. If you don't listen to that, it's the School of Greatness, how I connected with Brendan. And on Lewis's show, he often asks his guests, what are your three truths? What are the truths that you know within your core that are true? I think five years ago, I could have answered this a lot easier because I was a lot more certain on things than I am now. And I feel like with every year that goes by, I'm becoming less and less certain of almost anything. <laughs> it reminds me when I was going into school, I remember my very first day of walking into uh, graduate school, my professor had us write this paper on our theory of the human condition or something really dramatic like that. It was like pretty much write a really long ass paper and tell us why humans are the way they are. Tell us about pathology, what causes people to struggle, how people get healed. And I, man, I blew through that paper. I top, 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 top that thing away. I knew exactly what the issue was with humankind and knew exactly why we were the way we were. Two and a half years later, when school was wrapping up, he had us write the exact same paper. <laughs> um, and I was blank. I, I had the hardest time writing that paper because honestly, I just didn't know anymore. And I feel like that's kind of true with this. Like, what are your three truths? I, I would say number one is that there is a God. There is a higher power. There is something orchestrating all of this. And I believe that that is a loving and powerful entity. I grew up in heavy religion where we were really afraid of God. And it was kind of like this hierarchy of like, you do good and God will grant you a pass into his arms <laughs> when really I think God's arms have always been extended and that we can at any moment lean into love and that love is the greatest force that there is. And I'm just becoming more and more convinced that yes, there is a God and he's nothing that I thought he was. He is kind and he is good. Number two, I would say that our minds are a lot more powerful than we think and that we are way more in the driver's seat than what we even understand with the direction our lives go and our potential. 
And that more often than not, we are the ones standing in our own way. And number three, I would say we're meant for connection. We're meant to not do things alone. We're meant to be in community. And I think the more we lean into those three truths, I think a lot of mental health issues would diminish if we would lean more into a collective and acknowledge that there is a higher power, that energy is real, that things can change, that there is hope, that we're in this together. I, I feel like those are the core truths that I hold on to. And that was a lot harder of a question than I thought it would be to answer. That's really really hard, Brendan. So thank you for that. All right, next question. This comes from Abigail. When you feel like you are persisting on a project and it isn't working, what steps get you refocused and back on track? I think paying attention to the one thing that is working. I think that's some of the best advice that I've personally been given has been to pay really, really hyper close attention to the small little things that are working and lean into that. There is a time to persist, but I think if you just stop and get away from a project for a minute, you could really ask yourself and intuitively you'll know the answer of, is this something that I need to just completely, you know, shift out of and do something different? Or is this something that I just need to approach differently? What's interesting is sometimes I've noticed stepping away from a project and just getting completely away from it, coming back with like a new set of eyes. It's like there was a small little adjustment that needed to be made that you couldn't see because you were in the midst of the frustration. And again, that goes back to like that energetic state, really paying attention to where you're at energetically. When you're in low energy and it's really frustrating and it's really hard, you're not going to make much progress. And that's so difficult because sometimes things just have to get done, but it's almost more productive to step away from it and go outside for a second or do another project or bring some kind of life and joy into it just to raise your energy. So when you go back into it, you can see it from a different angle and maybe introduce some more creativity into it. I hope that makes sense. Abigail, awesome question. Jeff, explain the importance of having mentors in whatever endeavor or adventure you pursue. Jeff, I've actually had a really hard time with mentors in my life. I luckily have a couple now, but getting them has actually been pretty difficult. I remember when I was in my early 20s, I was taught over and over, you know, you need a mentor, you need a mentor, you need a mentor. And I would actually approach like older women in my church and ask them, hey, will you mentor me? Will you go to coffee with me? Whatever. And actually being told flat to my face, no, <laughs> which was really difficult. And there were so many times, I, I, I know this is crazy, but it's true, where I actually was stood up by older women that I wanted to mentor me. They're like, oh, yeah, 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 we'll be there, we'll be there. And either they don't show up or they cancel on me all the time. I, I had just like a, a, a line of people who just really honestly just let me down. And it was really hard and it was really frustrating at times. So I kind of got bitter over the whole mentor thing because I'm like, okay, everybody's telling me to get a mentor. Where the hell do you get one of those? But as I've gotten a little older, I've, I guess I'd either attracted mentors in my life or just gotten around some better people. Where now I can honestly say there are people in my life that I look up to that I can trust their advice and their judgment. I will say someone told me once, and I thought this was so powerful, you know, only take advice from people whose lives you wouldn't mind having. I think having different mentors for different topics are good. Mentors for finances. Obviously, somebody has their finances together, but you might not necessarily get mentored on fitness with that person because maybe they're super out of shape, you know? I mean, ideally, you would have somebody who's very well-rounded and does well in all these areas. But I think it's important to really recognize someone's gifts and lean into that. And I've used so many digital mentors from afar. I swear Oprah's a mentor of mine. She doesn't know it, but it's going to happen. I love her. I, I feel um, her and people like Rob Bell, I just feel like they're kind of my spiritual mentors. And even though they don't know who I am yet, listening to them is so good for my soul. And that's 
that's why podcasting, I'm just so grateful for it because most of you who are listening to me right now have never met me or don't know me, but you feel like you know me and you do. This is a very intimate space. So that's why I'm so grateful for technology because it really allows for digital mentors that you may not have. And I don't know if you're like me and have had a hard time finding a mentor, but they don't have to be in person. They don't have to know who you are and they can make just as much of an impact on your life. And I think to your point, why they are important, I think they give you a model, an example of what's possible. Modeling is so powerful in psychology. It's important to be able to see people who have been through what you've been through or think like you or look like you or whatever, see an example of that and see what they were able to create to kind of give you the hope that, hey, I could do this too. All right, next question. This comes from Kendall. At what age did you define what leadership looks like for you? How has your perspective changed since then? I don't know if I've fully defined it yet. I'm still studying it. That's really what this show is, is studying leadership, studying influence, studying how to make an impact in this world. It's so messy. And I, again, have more questions than answers. But I remember being in my early 20s, I was very immersed in ministry. And that was really the intention of my life. And there's just a lot of stuff that went down that kind of made me jaded. I'll be honest with you. But At that time, I always saw leadership as this thing that was far away from me. You know what I mean? Like these were the leaders and they were untouchable. And there was a big, vast difference between a leader and the regular folks. You know what I mean? They were always somebody who is well put together, excellent, everything that they did. And there was just no sign of weakness. And my perception has changed now, now that I'm A, out of that world and B, really been, have interviewed leaders from all shapes, colors, sizes, industries, nonprofits, for-profits, people you've heard of, people you haven't heard of, everywhere in between. And now I'm convinced that there is no dissonance between leaders and those that they, quote, serve. If anything else, they are standing beside those that they serve and they're involved on an intimate level with those that they serve. They're empathetic. They lead with love and they don't have it all together and they don't try to pretend to. In fact, I think vulnerability, admitting weakness and being transparent with that weakness is some of the best leadership that you can have because it gives other people permission to step into their calling. Because again, back to the point with um, that Jeff made about mentors, it's important to see people who have been where you're at to give you hope that, hey, I can do this too. So I, I guess like visually, I, I see, I used to think of leaders as like way up on top of the ladder and then all the peasant folks were down at the bottom of it. And they were like the shining light of examples of what things were supposed to look like. We at the bottom of the ladder would strive to climb up and become great like them. And now I see everyone, like, there is no ladder <laughs> and we're all together. And some people decide to live a little louder. And I don't mean in an extroverted way. I mean, a more transparent way, be a little more open and use their life as an example of what's possible to give other people hope. And that comes from a place of not perfection. It comes from a place of deep empathy and love for those around them because they say, hey, if I can put myself out there and help, I'll do it because I love you. Two totally different things. Great question, Kendall. Brock, what is the most valuable mistake you've ever made? That's such a great question. And I know there's a million of them. <laughs> uh, I would first thing that came to mind, and this is super tactical, but I think it's important is not uh, validating my ideas before I throw them out. I've always been the type of person who gets really excited about something and I just chunk it out. Most people struggle with starting things. I've never really struggled with that. What I've struggled with was starting things just too fast. So people will sit there and research and research and research and drag their feet and all that. And I'm just like, I have an idea. And the next day I have an LLC and a logo. So a practical example of this is when I was in, uh, I think I was an undergrad 
no, it was my first year of graduate school. I was really getting into kind of the online entrepreneurial space. I started blogging and putting my voice out there. Um, I was doing lives and periscopes and all that, building an audience, building an email list, just started getting my feet wet. Didn't know what I was doing, but I was excited because I'm like, this internet thing is pretty cool. Guess what? You can make money online. I heard you can make a course. So of course I jump in there and decide I'm going to make a course on, I think it was goal setting because I knew people were always asking me about how to set goals and accomplish goals, blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, oh shoot, people are always asking me about this. This is a problem. This is something that I can solve. So I spent all summer long and I'm not talking about here and there. I'm talking about daily, every day on my computer, building out this course. I didn't know anything. Like I didn't have Thinkific or Kajabi or any of those things. I was literally building it on my own website and building passwords. And I made my own graphics for it. I did all these videos. I did PDFs. I'm talking about like the whole shebang. Okay. Here comes launch day. No one buys it. Zero people. In fact, I had a beta group, which I didn't even know what a beta group was at the time, but that's essentially where they were. AKA my friends saying, Hey, will you go through this and tell me if it sucks? Uh, And they didn't really even go through it. Like I looked at the progression and I think it was viewed like 10%. Like they didn't even go and look at it. So it was literally all of this time and effort wasted. And I got really, really bitter and angry because I was like, screw this online, blah, blah, blah. Like this doesn't work. And I was embarrassed and it was hard. But I'm so grateful for that experience because now uh, with almost any project I have, depending on how much time and effort it takes, I don't go into anything without validating it first. And so now even with clients I work with, because I help other business owners build their first courses and membership sites and all that. And I'm like, listen, if it's going to take you some time, get validated with dollars, not with words, get validated with dollars. Because if you are going to spend hours and hours on something, you need to know that it's something people want. And it could be something small. It could be that your offer is off. It could be that the name of the course is off. It could be that they don't like the picture that you chose for the course. I mean, it could be anything, but until you tweak those and adjust it, there's no point of putting a lot of uh, time and money behind something with, without validating it. I mean, we know this is physical products, right? You're not going to order 50,000 coffee mugs without knowing people like what the coffee mug said, right? It's just a complete waste of money. So it's the same thing with digital products. And I'm so grateful that that happened that summer because even though it was a pain in the ass, it taught me now that I don't create anything first without pre-selling it. All right, this is a super interesting uh, Fidget Friday. I'm going to end it with this ridiculous question from Steven in our group. He says, would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses? I have to sit here and really think about what this question is saying because horse ducks, okay, would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or a hundred duck? That's easy. I would rather fight a horse-sized duck than a hundred duck-sized horses because if there's a hundred duck-sized horses, you can't keep track of all them. You got to keep your eyeballs on the game all the time. You got to know where your enemy's at. You got to know what's going on. And even if it's a freaking scary-ass horse-sized duck, at least you know where that horse-sized duck is. You got a hundred of them. You could have one behind you and you don't even know. You probably got ten behind you. So I don't play that game. I want to know what's going on. I want to see what's in front of me. It's an easy question, Steven. All right. Y'all, listen, super different Fidget Friday, but I thought it would be fun to just hang out with you guys, get to know you a little bit better. Before we go, I want to encourage you to join our text message community. It's super simple. All you got to do is text FAM, F-A-M, to 844-872-1126. Again, that is FAM, 844-872-1126. I send you a text once, twice a week, just saying how's it going and give you a couple of thoughts that'll empower you and your unconventional journey. All right, y'all, I love you. I'm in your corner and I'll see you in our next episode.